Welcome to the Business Connections Podcast, where we help you connect the dots in your business. In business, we make connections every day. We connect with customers, we connect with partners and providers, we connect ideas, we even connect problems with solutions. Without connections, nothing happens. Listen in as we connect you with some of the best minds in business and share the secrets behind their success. And now, here are your hosts, Melanie Colling and Brett Jarman. Okay, I am here with Eileen uh, Forrestal and I'm really excited to speak to Eileen. Um, she's so interesting um, and you will see that through our conversation, but she started her career as an anaesthetist, putting people to sleep and she's now in the business of waking people up. And so I'm so excited to speak to her and let her share her story. So Eileen, welcome to the Business Connections podcast. Good evening, Melanie, or good morning. (laughs) Yeah, and all the way from Dublin. So it's my evening and your morning. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, And I'm just wondering whether you can um, just share a little bit about your story and also, you know, the decision to move from a medical field into helping people um, and how that came about and, um, yeah, how you move from anaesthetist to putting people to sleep to waking people up. I love that analogy. Okay, well, yeah, anyway, number one, I'm based in Sligo, okay, so, um, sorry, about two and a half hours from Dublin, but no, you're okay, it's all right, I was originally from Dublin, so I did all of my, my growing up in Dublin, but uh, I live in Sligo now, on the northwest, which suits my temperament. Um, so, you're asking about my career, well, actually, I had a very checkered career through medicine, I actually went through practically every specialty that you could think of. <laughs> Because initially, my plan was to work overseas, actually. It was to do voluntary, voluntary work, you know, in developing country. But um, so I wanted to get as much experience under my belt as, uh, as possible. So I did actually work in all the specialties. But I settled in anesthesia for 20 years, having come around to kind of having come around to that. <laughs> uh, and as I, suppose, I suppose really what I was kind of saying to myself, I witnessed so much suffering in the world that actually I kind of felt, well, at least if I can't treat it, maybe I can numb the pain. It was kind of in my, so that was kind of my, my, so my, my experience in anesthetics then was, you know, over 20 years and uh, I, uh, I loved it. It was a, it was a great, it was a great specialty and I, it really suited my kind of temperament. It was very kind of immediate gratification, you know, you could do, do something and there was something immediate, you know, you put someone to sleep and they were asleep immediately and you wake them up and they were awake immediately. So uh, it suited me. However, um, so my journey then to what I'm doing now, which is uh, inspirational, motivational diaries uh, and journals. Uh, that actually happened in, um, so I got involved in the diaries in about 2006. So uh, I was doing a fundraising cycle in Cambodia and I was looking for ideas for fundraising and out of that looking for ideas, anyway, I went into partnership in a small diary called the Irish Get Up and Go Diary, long story. So uh, I was then working as an anesthetist half-time and half-time I'm working in the diaries, which is really great because, you know, anesthesia, it's very stressful. It's a, you know, it's a stressful job. You've covered everything. And uh, here, if I was on call, I'd be on call for like, you know, 250,000 people, which is quite a burden (laughs) (laughs) to think I'm responsible for all of these lives. So anyway, the fact that I had, you know, the diaries and I'm working on the diaries and always kind of getting that kind of positivity and that perspective and everything that I was putting in the diaries, it really, really helped me. So, uh, in 2013, I got a uh, phone call to say, was I interested in going to a women-only entrepreneur retreat in Bali? And I thought, 
had, no, <laughs> I'm not an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm an anesthetist. What am I going to buy for a month for? It was like, uh, no, thank you. And uh, anyway, she said, okay, I just, I just thought with the work that you were doing with the diaries, it might be interesting. And I thought, hmm, okay, well, hang on. Let me just think about that for a minute. So I thought about it for a minute and I thought, hmm, okay, maybe, maybe I will go to Bali for a month <laughs> to an entrepreneur retreat <laughs> and see what might transpire. So um, our theatres were being refurbished in the hospital and there was an opportunity for me to take a month's unpaid leave. So uh, I decided I'd go that route. I didn't have any holidays to take. So it was timing. And so I went out to uh, Bali. So there met up obviously with Roger James Hamilton and uh, I had brought one of the diaries, one of the teen diaries with me. And he obviously liked the diary. He liked the, you know, the business. He liked the idea of it. And the mentoring that we got there did say that, yes, there was potential for this to, you know, impact people and impact a lot of people. And uh, so I was very kind of encouraged by the, and, you know, obviously there's a global view there. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic. You know, what if I'm doing it in Ireland? Oh, my God, maybe everyone in the world could actually benefit from this. That'd be great. Yeah. So anyway, I came back uh, with my kind of, now I'm kind of like I'm foot in two boats now. It's like, what am I going to do now? So the catalyst for me was I went back in the theatre and I'm back like about a week. And the theatres are now refurbished and they're lovely and we have nice new theatres. And somebody is writing up on the board that we can now operate on patients weighing up to 450 kilos. <laughs> and I look at the number of 450 kilos and I thought, that's it. I'm out. I, 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 I can't. In all of myself, I cannot be part of a profession that really the best we can do is plan for 450 kilos. You know, that's bigger doors, bigger beds, bigger, wider CT scanners, you know, operating tables. So I thought, that's it. So I said, no, okay, that's it. I'm going to do the diaries. Wow. <laughs> so I went to the management and I said, look, that's it. I'm going to take, you know, early retirement if that's possible I have to figure out now how I'm going to do it but actually I want to retire out of the health service and uh, and pursue this full-time so that's kind of really that was my that was my thing I mean you know you could sort of see you know and even over the last you know I'm retired four years now and just even you know witnessing and being able to kind of visibly see the 450 kilos that's kind of on the body that mm. we can see you know I'm picking up that there's the equivalent of this 450 kilos is also weighing on people's minds. There's an equivalent weight that people are, you know, really suffering under. <laughs> you yes. know, there's just the whole world of kind of mental health and just the issues. And certainly here in Ireland, I don't know what it's like in your country, but certainly here in Ireland, it's, it's, it's sad. And to be able to, to sit in a room and... Uh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. To, you know, to have to sit in a room and listen to what comes out of young people's mouths now is, is quite sad. It's like, gosh, is, that's what they're saying. So that's what they're thinking. So that's actually, that's quite sad. Where are they getting those ideas? You know, like, like what is it about the world today that has this be what's coming out of their mouth? So, you know, with our diaries, it's all simple words you know but if you if what came out of your mouth was what was written in the diary i can guarantee you your day will be better yeah than some of the things that people are saying so it's like what are we feeding ourselves you know all of the stuff that's going in 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 what are we feeding ourselves like this negativity you know they're like they're calories it's like junk food 
So it's like we need to start feeding ourselves different words because the words make all the difference, yeah. you know, and, you know, and there isn't, I mean, our head is not going to get to be, you know, 450 kilo size. It's a small head. You know, it's not that, you know, they're just little, <laughs> they're just little neurons and they're in there firing away, you know, they won't, they, you know, they're not, we're not putting any, there's no room for calories to sit on your brain, <laughs> but you know, the words and, you know, we could, we could, we could, we could change them. They can, they can fly away. They can, you know, we can let them out and, you know, they go. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the way I, I sort of view what I do now. So yeah. So instead of putting people to sleep now, it's like, it's like please wake up now. You know, the yeah. words that we're speaking and the words that you're listening to, this is the water we're swimming in. And uh, we need to kind of be mindful of what we're saying, what we're hearing, what we're letting in. There's a great quote in the diary that says, you know, all the water in the sea will not sink the ship, you know, unless there's a hole in the ship. And, you know, okay, we've two ears, right? But they're not necessarily, it's like, you don't, you don't have to let them in. You could hear yeah. something. You don't have to actually believe it. You don't have to take it on board. You can hear it and think, okay, well, that's interesting, but I won't take that on. Yeah. You know, thank you. Let it all yeah. off. So I think there's that sense of we'd have to, you know, we can, we can be our own guardians of what we let in and what we let out. And that we, when we say things, they're actually, they're accurate and they reflect what we want to say. They don't kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's such an important such an important message because we live in such a connected technology-based society now don't we where we've got access to so much information but it's filtering that information whereas yeah. you know you used to be your family was your filter yeah. of, of your information wasn't it and then your friends and then your community we now are connected you know globally really but there's no teaching of kids to how they filter all that information yeah there isn't and there's nothing to say that you have to know everything you know yes <laughs> it's like yeah. you know just because it's information you don't actually have to know it it's okay not to know stuff <laughs> it's like somebody else can know that that's fine you know as long as you know it that i'm happy i don't actually have to know everything and uh so I think this thing, this desire for information, and then we're like we're storing up the information as if it was calories that we're going to have to use it later. Like it is important <laughs> we need to store it. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't need to store it. Let somebody else have it. It's okay. I don't want to Google. Thank you very much. You can just go. Google. I know where there's a book. I have Google now. Exactly. You know, it used to be stored in books and libraries, and you could walk into a library and knowing when you saw all the books there, you knew that you would never know everything that was in those books, and you didn't have to. But now, because it's at your fingertips, we think, oh, we should know everything now because it's good. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, we don't. I don't really care about that stuff. Yeah. You know, like as long as somebody else knows about that, I'm good. Yeah. So, yes. And yeah. So all of the connections, it's like it's connecting up the stuff. And then we think it's like this, you know, they call it a web. You know, you, we are caught in the web of it. We think that, you know, all the stuff out there that we have to know it. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? It was interesting. You know, I used to, I used to run the clinic in the, you know, in the, in, in the hospital and, uh, you know, if patients would come and they would ask me certain question, you know, and I'd say, well, actually, I don't know that, you know, I'll go and find out. I'll come back to you when I get the answer. And some of my colleagues would say, you can't say you don't know <laughs> to patients. I said, why not if I don't know I'm perfectly willing to go and find out I don't actually know that you know and if somebody says how long is an operation going to last I say I don't actually know but I'll tell you when it's over I'll count the hours and I'll tell you how long it took you know but there's this sense of people thinking oh you have to know the answer to everything you don't need to know the answer to everything you just need to know that there is an answer somewhere somebody probably has it 
and with your connections, which you probably have, I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> and that's <laughs> such, really a, such an interesting insight because you're so right. People think they've got to know everything because there's such, where does that pressure come from? Is it, you know, society thinking, you know, well, he knows, so I must know, or she knows, so why don't I know, I know that? And are we, it's like keeping up with the Joneses and everything financially. Now it's, you know, everything information-wise we're trying to keep up with, which is crazy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it probably comes, you know, from the, you know, I mean, I, I love the, you know, the, the idea of the genius school, you know. <laughs> but I do think it comes from a lot of our academic uh, training at a very young age that we are, you know, sitting beside children who seem to know more than we do or, you know, they get, you know, they get a star or they get something for knowing something or they get a clap because they knew the right answer and you didn't. And I think a lot of our sense of, yeah. you know, that we don't know it and we should know it. And if we knew it, we'd be better people, you know, that that's sort of ingrained. And then we just go up to be bigger children in the class. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> And they grow up, do we? <laughs> and they say, life is a school and we are here to learn. And there isn't yes. really any teacher as such. Well, there are teachers, there are teachers, but we do have to listen for who's actually saying something that we really kind of resonate with us. Yeah. As opposed to just being delivered at by some <laughs> being delivered and then they, oh my God, I better write it all yeah. down. I better write it all down. I'm going to need this yeah. later. No, I, yeah. I don't need it later. That's right. And I think as we go through school, you know, you have to do certain subjects and then towards the end, you can choose your subjects and then university, you choose what you want to do. So it's that teaching kids that it's okay to have a choice and, and follow what yeah. you want and, and yeah. who you want to listen to. Yeah. 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 And I love it. It's just kind of a smaller, yeah, there's kind of a smaller part of the story here, you know, because I was actually quite, <laughs> I was actually quite smart in school, but what I had was a stammer. So because I had a stammer, I didn't really want to talk at all because I couldn't get any words out kind of normally. So I mean, I could write everything down. So I could actually remember all the stuff. But then I became quite belligerent and quite um, anarchistic and I wasn't actually going to listen to the teacher and you couldn't make me talk anyway. So even if you wanted the right answer, I'm not going to give it to you because I'm not going to give you any answer. <laughs> so I know it in my head, but it's not coming out of my mouth. So there's no brownie points for me, right? <laughs> so on that kind of level... <laughs> it was kind of you know that kind of belligerence I suppose maybe saved me a little bit from you know trying to sound good in front of my friends so um when I actually then went into because I had such a stammer it was quite incapacitating actually mm. uh, when it came to like thinking about work I thought well, jeepers how am I going to get a job <laughs> this is like this is not going to work here you know the telephone it was like you had talked to people in, in work and I thought oh my god I can't do that so my brother had gone to college beforehand and he said oh college is great you do just sit there nobody asks you any questions and at the end you get an exam and you write down whatever and I thought oh okay I'll do that what's the longest course in college <laughs> and somebody said oh medicine I said okay medicine that's what I'll have right so by the time I have medicine done and I can relax and I don't have to talk for seven years then you know probably I'll be able to kind of get over my kind of little speech <laughs> whatever that However, is, yeah, with the frying pan into the fire, you know, so here I am, of course, in medicine, of course, now here I am, <laughs> now I have to, now I have to actually communicate. Uh, but anyway, as it did happen, so really one-on-one, -on -one, I was actually really fine because I was kind of relaxed, but anything that actually required any sort of, <laughs> any sort of uh, thing that looked like I was in the spotlight was like, ah! <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of thing. So that's kind of why I got in. So I was always a little bit kind of on the edge of, I know when I went to, um, to Bali and Roger says about, uh, he says, two, he asked me two questions. Uh, well, you know, not, well, actually, you know, one question, he just sort of said, you know, because I had done my profile and it was a star profile. And he said, oh, that's interesting. You don't get too many stars in medicine. And I thought, well, actually, you probably don't. You know, there's probably not that many people that I met like me going through medicine who was like, you know, jumping on to the next thing. And where will I go next? And what will I do next? And, you know, talk about having a career strategy. I didn't have one. Um, so, uh, 
And then he said, what's it like then for a star to be an anesthetist? And I think my answer was, it's exhausting, you know, because in order to be, you have to, I had to kind of rein myself in all the time to yeah. kind of, <laughs> so instead of me being out there kind of like, you know, <laughs> saying what I wanted to say and really kind of encouraging people and all that kind of stuff, I had to kind of, you know, rein it in and be very, you know, politically correct and all of that kind of thing, which was, you know, so the freedom that I got when I retired, actually, you could come out. I wanted to say, <laughs> that was really great. Exactly. So now I can, you know, I can, I can chat away and I can say what I want to say. And, um, but it, you know, it's very, it's just, it's very immediate what I say. It's like in response to a question. So that's yeah. okay. It doesn't really have a structured. <laughs> yes. That's great though. But that story about becoming a doctor is the best story I've ever heard for someone becoming a doctor because I didn't have to talk for seven years. <laughs> Oh, I know. And that caused, it caused such consternation, actually. You know, the career guidance teacher in school was like crazy. It's like, my goodness, she won't be able to talk to patients. Like, this is nuts. You know, my dad, they wouldn't let me register for, you know, because it was like, it just seemed like a bizarre choice. But I really, I just, I had it in my head. I just need seven years where I don't actually have to talk. <laughs> and then you're <laughs> getting out of school. And then you're putting your work. Give me seven years. <laughs> and then you're putting your patients to sleep as an anesthetist, so you didn't need to talk to them either. I know, I know. Okay, it's so ironic, isn't it? Interesting how the kind of the circle of your life, you know. It's like, it's, that's there's amazing. a divinity that shapes our end, rough hew them as we will. I like to quote Shakespeare. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So you said that Roger asked you two questions. One was what's it like for being a star or be, being a star and anesthetist in the medical profession? What was the second question he asked you? Well, no, it was just what, no, it wasn't a question. Yeah, well, he asked you where I was from. So when I just said okay. I, I explained that I was in, that I, I was from Sligo, the northwest of Ireland, he said he was familiar with it. And I thought, oh, that's really amazing. He's familiar with Sligo. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, the, that was the other one, yeah. That's cool. Because I do think it's an amazing place. And I think if Roger's into energies at all, there is such an energy around here that... Uh, <laughs> that uh, I'm not surprised he wouldn't be familiar. Oh, excellent. Well, he does like that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's probably why he does know. So you talk about awareness of how our, our language is creating our reality and, and what we are paying attention to. So can you talk a little bit more about what you mean with that? Um, well, I think, you know, it probably goes back to very basics when you're a child and you're reading a storybook or somebody is reading you a story, you know, you suddenly go into the entire story, you know, you become the character in the story, you know, I became Heidi or whoever it was, you become the character in the story because of the words. So words are really powerful and that's what we relate to as humans with language. So I think we're, I think we're doing that all the time, all of the time. So when we're listening to what's going on, we listen to what's going on in the news, then we become the character in this story. So what we listen to and how we interpret it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the equivalent, I don't mean it's the equivalent of a fairy story, but, you know, it, a lot of it maybe doesn't really impact us, but we put ourselves in the central role such that it does. So we can actually choose then, you know, they say, you know, your, your life is, you know, the five people that you spend your time with. So the people that you spend your time with, you know, the conversations you're having with them, have you then, you know, be, we say that character in that particular conversation that's going on. So what we're talking about and who we're with and who we're connecting with, that determines where we show up and how we show up. And if we show up as a kind of a character in that particular, you know, events that are happening or narrative or the way we're talking about it, it's going to be entirely different than if we choose to show up somewhere else and start mm -hmm. saying different things that are going to fit that. 
you know, so, I, you know, I, I don't think we realize, I mean, obviously, it's like I do realize because I quote a lot of people from way back. I'm getting Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and whatever. <laughs> I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm just saying what they said. But, you know, over time, people have actually realized, and that a whole philosophical world, people have realized that, you know, how we speak is critical. <laughs> mm. How we speak about ourselves, how we speak about other people, how we speak about the world, that then becomes reality for us. So we can actually kind of design it a little bit better by, you know, choosing where we want to, you know, participate, what conversations you want to engage in, you know, what, what kind of, you know, really, whether we want to say something that's got of any import somewhere, we can choose, you know, as I say, maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'll find a thread in, in, in Facebook that's interesting that I might think I've got something to say to it and I'll put something in and I'll watch actually the thread then alters, you know, mm. whereas if I put something different in, the thread could alter in a different direction. So yeah. what direction do I want to put it in? And I've got, I say something that's going to tease it and it'll go off down a different tangent. So, you know, I kind of, th you know, thankfully we'll say my intentions are good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My intentions are good. But not everybody out there has got really good intentions. And, you know, some people say things and suddenly it goes a different direction. You think, why did you yeah. do that? You know? Yeah. What purpose is that doing? That's not really helping anybody. And, you know, you know, medical, I'm putting people to sleep or waking people up. But still, I'm still in the world of kind of, you know, alleviating suffering. Yeah. <laughs> on people to suffer in life. You know, I think I suffered enough as a child <laughs> with my stammer. I don't want anybody to do that. I want people to be out there and be free and be able to kind of be who they are and, you know, be seen and be heard. Yeah. I love that. It's to. like those old books, um, Choose Your Own Adventure. When, you know, you yeah. choose to go that way yeah. or that way, it's like you can choose yeah. to be part of that conversation or this conversation exactly. and in which context exactly. do you want to show up in each of those. Yeah. I totally, love that. Totally. Love yeah, that. You know, we choose where we want to go on holiday. You know, we choose our destination. We can do, we can do exactly, we can do that all the time. Yeah, so true. So the diaries um, are really for kids, it sounds like, or um, do you do them for adults? Like who would be your clients for yeah. your diaries and who are you trying to impact? I'd say everybody. You know, we started off with the <laughs> Irish Get Up and Go diary, so we just had it that, you know, anybody who is, you know, like anything just could see because it was based in Ireland we just called it the Irish diary yeah and uh but we send them all over the world we send them to people all over the world so people were and then people were buying them for their friends that's what we noticed and people were buying them for their friends and they were buying them for their friends so it's just you know it's a it's a gift so people might you know see one and then they come back and they buy a few more because they really got value and they think maybe their friends will get value so that was that and then we brought one out then for you know for busy women <laughs> so a little bit more specific because women can be really really hard on themselves and i think in today's world it's it really you know i think women really need to um kind of be women be free to be women Mm -hmm. be okay to be women and do things the way women do them and be okay about that and we do things differently to men you know and different kind of women do things differently to other kind of women it's like just be whatever kind of woman that you are and just kind of go be that and you know have fun have a good time so uh, we put a few kind of more just a little bit more things about you know women being a little bit less hard on themselves <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Just have a bit more fun. have a bit more fun and if you want to paint your toenails just paint your toenails and really enjoy it you know it's like whatever and you know and don't be corporate in terms of meeting. Do that too. Do whatever it is that you want to do, but don't feel that you have to. There's any particular sure the way that you should be just because you're a woman or whatever. So that was that. Uh, and we're, all women are busy. Yeah. And uh, and then we just have the ones for teens. And then we brought out a sports journal, actually young for young sports, um, all star sports journal. So that's for young people, kind of around about eight or ten, just to kind of you know who are participating in sports and exactly the same content as the diaries. It's just a little bit about sportsmanship and you know about teamwork and that kind of thing. So mm. we always try and get a little message in there. <laughs> just as to how people can, you know, be together in this world. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, and then we just did, you know, we did a we did the genius journal then with Roger. So we did the um, kind of that sort of thing really for entrepreneurs, just bringing that kind of leadership and then just bringing in the principles of talent dynamics and wealth dynamics into a diary, very simple diary format, and just bringing in the distinctions, the star, the creator, the supporter. I love and, that. Uh, the different I've, I've, you know, I've really <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we really enjoyed doing that. That was really good. So, uh, and then we kind of, and then we just brought out, you know, as I say, we brought out the hero stories, you know, so we have, because we had events, uh, I always then found that, you know, people, again, are very inspiring. People do need role models. I think that's one thing that's missing yes. is, you know, the, like, the, the, like, you know, real role, like real role models, not celebrity role models or not, you know, role models from the screen, but like real people who are doing real things and getting real satisfaction and real fulfillment in life. And then having them, you know, speak to people and then people see that's a real person who's doing something real you know i could do that yeah so that's kind of what we started putting on our events together and having these kind of speakers yeah and they were just always really really great so we just compiled sort of some of their stories then what kind of inspired them into our little book i'll get up and go here so that's that's uh, that one was doing well too love um, it so yeah and then we do we do then we do a homework journal in schools so we let Again, it was another, I went to Bali then last year and uh, we did a promotion plan around a homework journal and ran a competition for um, the students to design, co-create their own homework journal. So that was really good. Uh, oh, unfortunately, cool. school was at the other corner of Ireland. It was down in the southeast. <laughs> but it was really, really great to be able to go into the team of young people. And, uh, you know, I hadn't really ever run a workshop in school I had no idea how I was going to actually do this but all the you know the 13 or 14 you know year olds came in and really really quickly I got them into their energies you know <laughs> kind of got them into like you know their dynamo and blaze and tempo and steel and really quickly they organized themselves into their own team and they just they just came up with the with their homework journal and it's brilliant so that was that so that's great so they're, using, um, they're using that man. <laughs> that's great and when you talk about um you know um blaze and tempo and and steel energy it's just referring to roger james Ham roger james hamilton who has wealth dynamics so we'll put some links yeah. and um and different things both into um eileen's journals and diaries but also to roger's work as well because it's really interesting when you do your profile test and, and what you come up with which you're a star and i'm a supporter and they're both blaze energies which you know if you go and do your profile you'll find out a little bit more about uh, why eileen and i love to have a chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm actually i think i'm about i'm about 48 percent dynamo actually so i'm pretty so you're I'm, creator star i'm creator star, yeah, star. perfect so and you can just anybody just i mean i'm just i'm really it is that kind of frustration that people have because when you are this you know dynamo energy and being around people who are not that mm. you know i can see kind of the disconnect whereas before i'm thinking why don't they get me you know why can't they get yeah. me? <laughs> but it's like no so i have to be aware that there are people at the other with other energies you know, so I think just having the tools is really, really, it's really important. I, I really, I thought they were just kind of really quite genius, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually, it's, that's right. Because you... And especially with children, you know, that they, they are different energies and they are different. And then trying to be like somebody else. Yeah, it's just going to work for them, is it? And you also, no. it's how you tailor your communication to each energy, isn't it? So, mm. you know, if you talk really fast and, you know, move your hands around, you know, and you're talking to a steel or tempo, they will be lost in all of this. Um, yeah. You know, you need to slow things down uh, a lot yeah. for them. So, so interesting. Just going back to your audience and, um, you know, obviously the, the journals and the diaries make a difference to these people and that's obviously what keeps you going um, and, yeah. and 
um, you know, makes you, you know, keep wanting to write books and, and, and create things for these people. So just tell us a little bit about how that makes a difference. And I know you shared two stories about two children with me earlier before we started the call, which I think are amazing. And I'd love you to share those stories with our listeners and just give a little insight into why you do what you do. Okay, so our diaries were originally for adults, you know, and I had always been looking for um, a kind of an illustrator that could illustrate some of the draw- some of the sentences that would communicate with children. So I was lucky enough anyway to come across a super illustrator. So we had produced then this really cool diary, I thought, and we brought it over anyway to uh, a, a show, a trade show in America. And, uh, but he used to get up and go diary, and really we were kind of at the very far, the very back end <laughs> of the trade show. So there wasn't a lot of people kind of, you know, getting up and going past us, right, put it that way. But um, so we were having a really, really quiet weekend. Um, there wasn't a huge amount happening. But anyway, on the Sunday, uh, this little girl, you know, just sort of wandered by the, by the stand and she kind of goes and she puts her hands over the diaries and she says, oh, look, you know, nice covers, shiny covers. And I said, sure, open it, open them. So she opened it and she said, oh, God, my pictures in there, you know. <laughs> I looked and I said, so what, you know, look for your birthday oh then she realized it was a diary and she's oh birthday and she's looking through and she's like june july you know they just oh that's my birthday you know and i said okay great so what does it say for your birthday and she said i said read that so she read when you lose don't lose the lesson and i thought oh, okay i said what do you you know what do you what do you think that means she says well i don't know <laughs> and i thought oh you know, she's like a little 11 year old, you know, she's kind of pigtails and glasses and, you know, she's like, I don't know. So I thought, okay. Um, so we had a very, very quick conversation, about 30 seconds of a conversation. And she's like, okay. And she closed the book and she left it down and she just stood back and she kind of looked at the book and she was just standing kind of hovering, you know. And then this woman came around the corner and she goes, mommy, 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 can I, can I have this book? And mommy comes over and looks at it and she says, oh, for goodness sake, you've got too many books and your room is full of books and what's in the diary? You don't need any other diaries and no, no, you don't need any books and blah, 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 blah. And then she walked off. She says, no, 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 you're not having it. And she walked off. And the little girl then looked kind of a little bit sadist, a little bit down and she stood back and she was starting to walk off when a man came around the corner and a young boy. And she's, oh, daddy, 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 can I have this book? And of course, the brother anyway is like rifling through the books and he's like, why this? What? And father and he returns to the boy <laughs> and he says to the son he says do you want one <laughs> and uh, he says what are they and i said well two for ten dollars and the boy and he says so what do you think do you want do you want one of these and the boy says yeah sure sure they said okay he says i'll have two <laughs> <laughs> so the boy anyway runs off with his and the little girl just takes hers you know and he hands over the ten dollar and walks off and she just turns back to me and she just gives me like just the shyest smile but it's like i got my book <laughs> <laughs> and, off. and I thought, I don't know what, she just got that one sentence, it was one sentence, it was one 37, 30 second conversation, and she wanted that book. So, uh, so then this other little fella comes around, this little, little guy, little dark haired guy, you know, he comes flying around the corner, and uh, goes over, he's right through the book, says, what's this? And I say, oh, you know, diary, he says, oh yeah, cool, right? And then he opens it, and I said, so read that there. And he reads something about, and it's about you having an idea and you're the only person in the world that has your idea. It's like, and everything in the world is a result of an idea. And he says, oh yeah, right, cool, right? And closes the book and runs off. And I thought, oh, okay, it's great. He got an idea. <laughs> he got a little, he got it, he got something. And uh, I think oh, that, was, that was good. And he goes off. And then I tell you about less than 24 hours later, when we're back again, the guy comes around the corner and he's bringing this 
adult with them and he says, this is the one I want. This is the one I want. Get me this one. Get me this one. And the adult hands over his 10 euro and he runs off again with his book. And I'm like, I have no idea. But those two children, just that was it. Like whatever they read, they just got whatever they needed and they wanted more of it, but they wanted that. And, you know, we provide that. And often I don't know what that is because I just put stuff in that I think is valuable, that people, you know, it's worthwhile. They're just simple words. As I say, I'm not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> As I said, if, if, if somebody said it and I think it was worth, you know, it's worth repeating, then I will repeat it. I don't embellish it. I just say what they said and I quote them and that's really it. And uh, put them together and people like them. I absolutely love those stories because we were talking earlier about, you know, um, you were saying, I don't have testimonials and I don't know what the impact is all the time of people. But just in telling those stories, it's you made a direct impact to those two children and whatever they mm. connected with in your book, as you say, you don't know what mm. it is, but you know that you've made a difference to them. And, yeah. you know, they've now yeah. got your book and they can go and share, you know, and read those words and more positive words and, you know, yeah. go on and hopefully makes yeah. a difference to their world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Love that. Absolutely love it. So just talking about connections and business connections, um, I know we spoke a bit earlier and, you know, the podcast is called Business Connections. Um, and you were saying to me it's not just one connection, it's a series of connections. So just tell mm. me, a, you know, give me some examples of, you know, how a series of connections has, you know, kind of impacted your business or business or personal um, you know, and how that's made an impact on, on you or your business? Well, I suppose just even to this point, um, you know, when I said I got a phone call out of the blue about going to Bali, this was a girl that I had actually, I had attended a course with this girl about five years earlier and I wasn't even particularly friendly with her. It was in America and I just kind of, I just knew her from being in the course, but I wasn't particularly friendly with her. And she was the person then who actually phoned me like five years, more than five years later to ask. And I hadn't spoken with her. I hadn't connected with her, but she obviously had connected or had followed up with the diary somewhere or had connected in that way. So the fact that she phoned, I'm thinking, how come that person is phoning me? You know, but that was a connection that, I mean, I had made it brief and all as it was. We had obviously showed up in the same course in the same country <laughs> yeah, without really, really realizing, you know, what that connection might mean at a later time. So, you know, we're meeting people all the time. We're connecting with people all the time. And I think if we're showing up in places where we really feel this is where we kind of want to be, then the other people that are there are kind of like your, I don't want to say your tribe because I hate that word now, but they're, they're other people who are kind of maybe in the, something in the same, you know, have the same kind of interests that you have. So you don't know where you're going to meet them later or how your paths are going to cross, but having connected with them. So I think that's fine. I'm finding that there's more and more connections, like there's a more kind of a serendipity, put it that way, mm. <laughs> or a synchronicity or something. And then I'm back to, you know, Shakespeare again. There's a divinity that shapes our ends. So if we're being true to ourselves and we're showing up really where we feel, this is really where I feel I'm going to get some value. This is where I really feel I want to be. You know, even though it's like, oh, is that a good idea? <laughs> it's like, no, if something calls give it a go, you know, as opposed to trying to put your, your smart hat on saying, no, no, this isn't going to, it's like, well, maybe, maybe somebody else thinks it's good. Yes. Somebody else is inviting me. Somebody else thinks maybe I'll kind of go with them for a while. Maybe I don't always have all the answers. So allowing people to contribute and allowing your connections without us, you know, thinking, oh no, that's not it. And that's not it. It might be, 
<laughs> so I think our connections are a little bit more ethereal than maybe we realize. And uh, yeah. I, I love that. You know, you can't always pinpoint it back. You can't always, you know, we do say in the diaries, you can pinpoint the dots backwards, but you can't pinpoint the dots going forwards. You can be strategic mm. and you can sort of put dots in place going forward, but it's not quite as, well, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's very valid and it is a bit more focused mm. and a bit more intentional about where you definitely want to go. Sometimes when you end up places that you really are delighted you ended up and you didn't really have any idea how you got here, but you're so delighted. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever connections you made actually got you here, thanks very much. And perhaps trusting the connections and trusting the universe a little bit better than, you know, if I was trusting That's myself, right. I'm not sure I would ever have got here. I think yeah. if I had been strategic, I would never have got here. I yeah. would be somewhere completely different. That's but right. I really like being here. Yeah, you'd miss out on all that fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to ask you, um, have you had anybody in your life as a mentor or someone that has really made an impact on your life that you can remember and how they inspired or made an impact on you? Uh, I could just say a lot of people. I yeah. think it's, you know, I think the biggest mentor you have is the one between your ears <laughs> and you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to when that's not serving you. <laughs> so I think when you stop maybe listening to yourself so much and actually listening to other people, everybody becomes a mentor to some degree. So I've just had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Eileen Forrestal um, from Get Up and Go Publications. What an amazing lady. Um, just loved her little stories about the kids um, and, and what they get out of it, which um, I'm sure makes her keep going with what she does. Um, so interesting just about being aware um, of the language that you're using with yourself and others. And what are you paying attention to and being responsible for your language and, and how you speak to others? And I think some really good takeaways uh, from Eileen, especially um, the one around your biggest mentor is between your ears. So listen to yourself rather than others. Yeah, that's a really cool one. I hope you enjoyed listening to our interview with Eileen. I look forward to bringing a few more interesting stories to you shortly. Thanks. You've been listening to the Business Connections podcast. If you'd like access to the show notes and other resources or to find subscription options, you can find us at businessconnectionspodcast.com. The Business Connections podcast is brought to you by the Experts on Air podcast network. 